Daily Momentum family, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We are changing things up. That's right. More weekly podcasts. I know you hear that a lot, but we've got a new team set in stone. We have more information brought to us, and we have a different kind of course of action, what we're going to be doing. So instead of having just interviews of analysts and having kind of motivational side, we're also going to be doing weekly recaps. What does that mean? Weekly recaps of the stock market, weekly recaps of the world news, right? World news affects the stock market more than we can even imagine. A lot of us don't really know much about the world news. We don't really hear about it. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going over the fundamental side of the market, how it gets affected, and what the future kind of what we're going to be looking at right now, right? Also, we're going to be doing a recap of the server, how we did as a team, how we've done this month, how I've done this week, um, and then kind of what news we're kind of expecting to come into the server and things like that. So... Really excited to get this in. Like I said, we have a new team coming around. We have a bunch of different members of the team giving us information, writing us scripts. So hopefully we can take this to one of the top investing slash finance podcasts out there. And I'm really excited to get started. So without further ado, let's get into it. Daily Momentum family, what is happening, my friends and family? I hope you are having a wonderful week. We are finally getting back into the podcast. Like I said earlier in the introduction, we started some serious shit. You know that? We got some really good stuff coming on. We got a really good team. I got a lot of information brought to me. We're going to get started. We're going to get this first podcast started off with a banger. So let's, without further ado, let's get started. First thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about the market rundown, right? We're going to talk about the overview. We're going to talk about what happened. So let's get right into it. So S&P 500, everyone knows, down 14% and was potentially in correction territory this week. Yes, we all know that around Thursday, Friday, we saw a crazy run from about at least SPY, the S&P 500 index. We saw about, what was it, from about 410. That's The, the, the price of the stock was around 410 to around almost 440. So that's a pretty nice reversal in um We'll kind of talk about that a little bit later and how the stock market reacts to the news of war, surprisingly. Um, so we'll get into that. Also, common occurrence every year. So we do usually see around a 10% correction. So it's healthy. You know, don't I wouldn't be worried about it right now. Um, do I think we reversed a little bit too hard, a little bit too quick? Yes. I think that kind of relief rally from 410 to 440 was quite a bit on SPY. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time to... Uh, Maybe come back down a little bit. Maybe kind of gain some, kind of kind of gain some steam back into the uh, bullish upside, and then kind of hopefully go from there. Um, a lot of corrections in the past come up with great runs, right? So the S and P five hundred hit sixty eight times of all time highs in twenty twenty one. That's kind of absurd. We hit sixty eight times of all time highs in twenty twenty one. So that tells you right there what kind of a bull market we were in. Um, are we not in a bull market anymore? Not right now, um, but overall, 100%. The market's always in a, the whole market is always going to end up being green. We know that, um, unless we have like world collapse. Uh, but we know, the, we know the overall stock market is nothing but going to be green in the longer-term future. As far as day trading, as far as what we do, you know, we kind of have to look at different patterns, different fundamentals, different technical analysis to kind of determine where we're going to see the market a month from now, two months from now, tomorrow, things like that. So... NASDAQ. Next, NASDAQ took a little bit of more of a hit than the S&P 500. I know we talked about S&P 500 a little bit more, but tech companies are a pretty big deal, and tech companies 
went on a pretty wild run from COVID. So around 40% of NASDAQ companies are down 50% from all-time highs in the past year. That's a lot. That's almost half of NASDAQ companies are down 50% from all-time highs. Did tech companies and tech stocks run an absurd amount? Yes. People made so much money on these tech companies. I think they were a little overextended, clearly. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a very scary statistic. You know, I'm willing to say about the other 60% of NASDAQ companies are roughly around that same percentage. Maybe not quite that 50, but maybe, you know, 30, 20. So right now, is it right now a good time to buy? 100%. We're always in a good time to buy in the market, um, except when we're crashing our time highs. The problem is what, what people do, people want to buy pretty and sell when it's shitty, right? Why, why are we doing that? Why are we buying pretty and selling shitty? Because you get nervous. You get scared. So when the market's green and you're just pumping, you know, you're just pumping all-time highs, you're like, this is amazing. I'm making all this money. Let me just keep buying, buying, buying. Stock market corrects 14%. What do you do? You get scared. You sell. Or you don't buy. Stock market recovers 14%, crushing all-time highs again. What do you do? You try to buy. Come on, man. It doesn't make any sense. When the stock market comes down, we know the stock market's going to eventually go up. It is. You know, let's not think of the trading mindset. Let's think of the longer term mindset. Look at the stock market over the past hundred years or whatever. I mean, look, look, look at the direction we've gone up. It's a, it's absurd. I think we had a 34% correction or a crash. I guess that's considered a crash, not a correction. 34% crash with COVID. Look how far we've recovered longer term. It, it's, it's insane. So let, let's think about that, right? So NASDAQ was, was potentially in a pretty bear market territory, around 20%, right? More dramatic pullback than the SP 500. We did mention that. Um, and kind of what I touched on a little bit earlier was millions of new investors into the market during COVID, including myself, right? A lot of people don't know, but I got started around COVID crash. Um, that was kind of the first time I even put money in the market. That's the first time I even really started learning about the market, started even trading, you know? Um, so they've never really seen anything like this, including myself. We haven't really seen any crazy drops, since COVID, and we weren't even in it since COVID, right? We didn't really get to experience that crazy drop. We just kind of won the back end of it and caught it on that crazy run. So what happens is a lot of people aren't used to seeing this much red, especially for the past two, what was it, two weeks? Two weeks have been pretty bearish. So a lot of people are shaken up. Um, so now we're going to kind of go into why, um, why the market's like this on a fundamental side. Technical side, People have been kind of planning this out for quite a bit uh, based off of formations, based off of patterns. Um, but we're going to kind of stay on the fundamental side, more of things than the technical side. I know a lot of people are technical traders. I'm a technical trader, but fundamentals are always really important to learn. So as far as the Fed news, interest rates, interest rates are increasing, which is scary. Right, so the question the Feds are going to do is they're kind of creating uncertainty times in the market. Uh, we can kind of talk about how it's priced in a little bit later, but we'll, we'll get into that after this. Um, in the past, in 2018, it saw a 10% correction. Um, in March, we have more talks of interest rates and tapering will begin. So, you know, what is tapering due to the COVID? U.S. had an economic stimulus package where the government pumps money into the financial markets by buying things like bonds to boost the economy. You know, what what exactly does that mean? So the Feds are basically buying bonds off of the market to then 
decrease the interest rates over a longer term. So if there's less bonds in the market, then the interest rates in turn are consequently going to lower as time goes on. But now that they're going to start tapering with the market, so the first step is tapering, is the Fed recently stated that they will start reducing the amount of bonds they are buying each month by $15 billion. It's quite a bit, right? So it's important to note that this Fed is not selling the securities that it has already purchased. They are instead just reducing about how many they are going to be buying. Right? So at this rate, they should be done making purchases by the middle of 2022. So they're not going to be purchasing anymore. So in turn, what does that mean? Interest rates are going to raise. Do I think interest rates need to raise? Yes. Inflation is absurd. Inflation is not good right now. Everything is very expensive. You know, as far as terms of the market, do I think this is priced in? Uh, potentially. You know, the reason I think it's priced in is because everyone knows this was going to happen, right? It was just a stimulus package where they were just trying to lower interest rates, you know, for almost a relief package. You know, do we, did we know this was going to come longer term? Yes. Did everyone know? No. But I think the people that actually matter, the people that actually make the effects in the market, you know, with all the money... Um, I think they kind of had this priced in a little bit. You know, do I know for sure? No, I don't know for sure, but that's my guess. I think it's a little bit priced in, but we'll see. We we will see. All right. So that kind of covers the, the, you know, the feds, inflation, um, tapering with the market. So now we're going to kind of go into the invasion of Russia. This is when we had that crazy drop. So for SPY, the S&P 500 index, we did have that drop from around, I believe... We were trading around that 420 range, um, which, you know, a lot of traders, a lot of analysts had it as a very heavy support buy. Um, 420 was an extremely heavy support. That night, when we were kind of consolidating around that 420, 418 range, we kind of closed the day around 420, which we were kind of expecting, and that's what we kind of wanted to load up and buy for, you know, a reversal. We had the news in the market that Russia invaded Ukraine. It was over the night, right? So I think it was, what was it, 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, uh, Eastern time, we had that news. Woke up around 4 a.m. Eastern time. Stock market went from 4.20, gap down to 4.10. It's a pretty, pretty big drop for SPY. Uh, we all know that. It's a pretty big drop. You know, now as far as the reversal that we had, what happened was when Biden came out and said that they put sanctions on everything, the market, market, market took a pretty turn to the green, right? Took the bullish side. So if we look at the overall market from, you know, history and past wars, we can kind of see the reversal. So what happens is, I wish I could show you this picture right now. So this picture is basically showing the Vietnam War, the Gulf War, Afghanistan War, Iraq War. And what's basically saying is by the invasion, right? Because the invasion had dropped, what did it, what did it drop? Three, 4%? I, can't, I think it was around 3% and dropped that night. So it dropped 3%, and what happened was it reversed right away. As soon as the market opened, we ran plus 3%, 4% potentially. You know, now we went we went from 410 to around 440 in the spot in two days. So this picture is basically showing us to buy the invasion, and then you see the reversal that it had, right? So the Vietnam War, if I'm reading this correctly, the invasion dropped it. I'm not sure exactly what um, what stock we're looking at. But right now, it's basically saying drop down to about 70, 76 range. And in about five months, it went up to 100. 
right? Exactly. I'm not exactly sure what stock we are looking at. And this might be SPY. This might be the SP 500. I'm not exactly sure. So the golf war, we dropped to around 310. About six months, we went up to 430. Afghanistan war. Afghanistan war. Um, this one, this one kind of went. This kind of went to the false side, right? So Afghanistan war, we dropped to around 950 in October, and we did go up to 1200 in around April. Iraq war, we dropped down to around 900. We ran all up to 1,200. So, are we in the same situation? Invasion of Ukraine, drops, reverses. Um, I don't know. Something definitely pretty interesting to look at. And, you know, past history, we did have that nice drop that we needed, that nice little 12% correction. Are we in a reversal? Mm, I don't know. We did have a pretty nice relief rally. Do I think we're going to come down? Probably. I think we're going to come down, settle back a little bit, and then hopefully get that nice bullish run. So as far as more of the Ukraine and Russia war, Russia President Vladimir Putin launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine, multiple attacks in major cities after Russia announced a special military operation, basically to demilitarize Ukraine. The move could be one of the largest conflicts in Europe since the Second World War. This caused traders to move away from the stocks and flee to safer assets such as bonds, gold, and the dollar. So if you noticed, gold went up quite a bit when the stock market crashes. Bonds go up, everything goes up, right? So what happens is that people move to more safer, more safer uh, assets. So as far as Ukraine, a lot of people are questioning why you know allies and surrounding countries aren't really helping out. As far as military action, you know a lot of countries are sending over um, different you know different packages, different relief packages. They are you know helping with cyber things like that. But they're not really having boots, anything boots on the ground. Reason being is. Ukraine is not part of NATO, and Ukraine was trying to get into NATO, but they were they were never able to get in. So the other countries really don't have an obligation to defend Ukraine, which is as sad as it is. That's just kind of how it works, you know. If Ukraine or if Russia does decide to attack on a surrounding NATO country, you know, then then your countries like the United States, in the UK, and other countries in NATO, you know, have the obligation to. To back, um, so this is from a bank in the UK. They are concerns of a cyber attack, so heightened heightened alert internally around a cyber risk controls, and we've been focusing on this for quite a while. So what happens is a lot of times, you know, we see that Russia has a lot of knowledge in cyber attacks, and you know, different banks in different countries are a little bit nervous in a Russian cyber attack. I believe Elon Musk just came out with something. Um, that kind of helps Ukraine with, you know, like a cyber warfare type thing. So it's pretty wild. Um, we saw something similar to Russia in the invasion first Gulf War. Uh, markets fell from 16% from all-time highs. It ran up and oil ran from 15 to $40 a barrel. If you looked at oil right now, oil went, for, went from $100 plus a barrel since 2014. It's quite a bit, you know. Um, Russia is the biggest world's biggest supplier of oil. Like I said, it's around 25%. So with this news and sanctions on Russia, oil is going to go up. You know, that's, it's kind of scary because in turn, we did have the inflation affect oil prices. Um, the sad thing is, is, you know, why are we reliant on Russia? 
why are we reliant on other countries to get our oil? We have the plenty of enough oil in the United States. Um, and we saw that in the Trump administration, you know, but as soon as the Biden administration came in, they shut down all of the um, oil fields, um, unfortunately, in all the pipelines. So now the unfortunate thing is we were relying on them. And now that we have sanctions coming in, we can't be going from buying from Russia. It's just like not how it works if we have sanctions against them. So kind of in a sticky situation. Um, that's the problem with being reliant on other countries. I don't agree with it, but this isn't really going to get into a political podcast. This is just kind of giving you the rundown of why everything is raising. So oil prices per barrel is going up. It has gone down a little bit since we've kind of made up this um, this information, but or not made up this information, made up this script. Um, so it has gone down a little bit under $100 a barrel, but you know it's, it's, it's still touching that area. So timing the bottom for uh, longer-term investors, it's so tempting and difficult to time the bottom. Um, a lot of times people will try to invest pretty heavily, you know, expecting a bottom. The best thing that I think I should do or best thing that you can do is cost cost averaging in. So basically what that means is let's say you have $10,000 and you want to invest that into the market, right? You say, okay, this is a perfect time to invest in the market. The stock market's down. How am I going to do it? All right, so you're going to go $1,000 here. Tomorrow the stock market goes down 20, you know, 2%. You're going to put another $1,000 there. The next day the stock market reverses 4%. You're going to put another $1,000 there. Next day the stock market kind of comes down 1%. You're going to put $1,000 there. So what cost averaging is, it's just not just dumping all of your money into one specific price. So now you can average in the longer term, you know, depending on how long you want to space it out. Um, it's the best way, it's, in my opinion, it's the best way to invest. You get, you know, you're not trying to just time the bottom. Um, and you're really, you know, you're really getting full effect of that $10,000 because you could be getting a lower average and things like that. Um, as hard as it is for me to say, um, right now, you don't want to be investing in penny stocks. Um, as far as trading, everyone knows that I'm a penny stock trader. Um, as far as trading, yeah, it's fun. You know, you can still be able to do it. I've been trading um, like petroleum and oil stocks pretty, pretty regularly just because of the massive run that it has been having. But I wouldn't invest into it long term. Um, kind of stay away from growth stocks. A lot of overvalued businesses from the previous year that are now down. Biotech companies and SPACs avoid companies that aren't really profitable, right? So SPACs or SPACs, however you want to say it, um, special acquisition companies were on a pretty crazy run. The problem is they don't produce any profit. You know what I mean? It's basically just a merger. Um, and a lot of times it's not never a profitable company. Yes, there's, there has some pretty crazy runs last year. Right now, we've kind of moved away from uh, SPOCs. So, now we're going to kind of get into some interesting earnings from this week. DraftKings, which really surprises me. I think DraftKings is a great company. Um, we were we were pretty overvalued, I would say. DraftKings was a little overvalued. I think it was around $60, $70 a share. Right now, we're down pretty good. And I think this might be a pretty decent swing longer term. Um, last week, 218 on Friday, DraftKings, a sports betting company, stum- stum- tumbled 13% in the pre-market despite a narrower-than-expected quarterly loss in revenue that beat estimates. DraftKings projected wider-than-expected adjusted loss for the full year as it costs continued to rise. Um, we all know that gambling is is a pretty big thing, especially sports gambling, and more and more country or more and more states are opening it up. Right, so only it was very limited to a few states. 
that you were even able to use DraftKings in a certain, you know, get to the full effect. More and more states are allowing this. Um, in my eyes, I think it's going to be a pretty nice long-term, longer-term hold. Last week, 218 Friday, Roku. Roku shares were down 26% in the pre-market, despite better-than-expected earnings for the latest quarter. The maker of video streaming devices revenue fell short of analyst forecasts and it issued a weaker-than-expected outlook due to higher component prices and supply chain disruptions. Roku was so overextended and so overbought. I don't, you know, a lot of people loaded up on Roku, things like Roku, Netflix, Amazon, things like that, just solely because of COVID. Um, they know, oh, everyone's quarantined, everyone's home. What are they going to be doing? They're going to be buying Netflix. They're going to be using Roku, shit like that. So overextended, and I think this really needed to come down. Moderna, um, M-N-R-A. We kind of know Moderna is like Pfizer with the vaccines. Um, rose 15% after beating record, reported quarterly earnings. Estimate and revenue also beat forecast. Moderna also raised its full-year COVID-19 vaccine sale forecast. They announced a $3 billion share repurchasing program. Imagine that. They beat earnings with selling vaccines. That's all I'm going to say. Imagine that. Alibaba, Chinese-based e-commerce giant fell 2.5% in the pre-market, trading after it reported its slowest ever growth in quarterly revenue since going public in 2014. Sales fell below analyst forecasts as com- competition intensified. However, its quarterly earnings beat estimates. I think as Amazon starts kind of getting worldwide, which it already is, um, but I think as it continues to grow, you know, Amazon's just going to take over. I think Amazon's the number one ranked company right now over Apple, I believe. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure. Amazon is definitely the real deal. You know, as far as earnings to watch next week, you have Berkshire Hathaway on Monday. On tar- on Tuesday, you have Target, C-Limited, Domino's Pizza, Workhorse. Uh, Wednesday, you have Dollar Tree. Thursday, you have Best Buy and Billy Billy. So, I think that... Workhorse is an interesting one. I remember trading that when they were a special acquisition company. Domino Pizza ripped last year on earnings, I believe. So that's something to definitely keep a watch for. Target should be really good. Target's good. Berkshire Hathaway should be pretty decent. So that's fo- that's it as far as the overall news. So that was fun. <laughs> we uh, Hopefully you guys learned a lot. Basically everything you probably all mainly knew. Um, you know, as far as, as far as longer term, we can talk about kind of inflation and interest rates raising. Do I think the market is a little... A little overextended right now. We we were, right? But this last week really brought us down. I think we've had a little bit of a scary reversal, a little quick. Two days to reverse from around 410 to around 440, I think is a little much. Um, I think that might be a little bit of a relief rally, a little bit of a news from war. You know, seeing how we reverse. Longer term, obviously I'm still bullish. I think the market is going to be a bullish, is always bullish. Long term. Um, but a kind of near near term, maybe next couple of months, I think we could kind of come back down. I think, I mean, that's my opinion. You know, this isn't like financial advice by any means. You know, you do your own research, but that's my opinion. As far as the server, right? So as far as the server related news, um, we had a pretty crazy week, right? A lot of our members are making a ton of money, uh, $20,000 days, things of that nature. Um, as far as the best daily recaps, this week, we had Crimson hitting CEI for 3,000% gain. Absolutely absurd. It's an um, energy-based energy based stock, um, and it rose crazy on earnings. 
JPM hit a $600 Tesla. Sir Goldman hit 550% on NVIDIA. Yash hit 300% on Apple. And Fluffy hit 175% on Airbnb. So pretty crazy and insane returns on options. Um, This week was pretty fun. Small account challenge is looking pretty decent. Um, I'm currently running that small account challenge. We were up around 113%. Um, actually more, we were up 140%. Um, unfortunately I did take a loss on Friday. We did have a lot of trade. Um, so now we're only sitting around 88%. So as far as everything else, you know, we're still looking pretty good. Outlook longer term on the server, merch still to come out and the amount of university is still be released. So keep that in mind. Um, as far as what else do we need to go over? Future, oh, Future with Podcast. Like I said, we're going to be doing these weekly recaps pretty often. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. This was uh, it was, was pretty fun to pretty fun to do. Kind of get all these news out to you guys. Hopefully, you guys will learn something from it. Um, like I said, these will come out every single Sunday, um, and hopefully, preparation for the week as well. And then we'll also be doing probably every maybe Wednesday. We're going to be doing a motivational or an interview with an analyst. So again. Really hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, as always, we're going to end it with a um, video. This is a video from, I believe, the Prime Minister of the UK. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure. Um, so I really thought it was I th- thought it was pretty cool. Um, and I'm really going to get this shown to you guys. Let me pull it out. Um, as far as anything else, we're going to end on this video. It's around three minutes. So hopefully you guys stay for the entire time. It's pretty informative. Um, and again, I really hope you guys enjoyed this. More to come. Love you all. And I'll see you later. Russia has unleashed war in our European continent. He's attacked a friendly country without any provocation and without any credible excuse. Innumerable missiles and bombs have been raining down on an entirely innocent population. A vast invasion is underway by land, by sea, and by air. And this is not in the infamous phrase, some faraway country of which we know little. We have Ukrainian friends in this country, neighbors, co-workers. Ukraine is a country that for decades has enjoyed freedom and democracy and the right to choose its own destiny. We and the world cannot allow that freedom just to be snuffed up. We cannot and will not just look away. It's because we've been so alarmed in recent months at Russian intimidation that the UK became one of the first countries in Europe to send defensive weaponry to help the Ukrainians. Other allies have now done the same and we will do what more we can in the days ahead. Today, in concert with our allies, we will agree a massive package of economic sanctions designed in time to hobble the Russian economy. And to that end, we must also collectively cease the dependence on Russian oil and gas that for too long has given Putin's grip on Western politics. Our mission is clear. Diplomatically, politically, economically, and eventually militarily, this hideous and barbaric venture of Vladimir Putin must end in failure.